you know, heartbreak hill rolls around and I start blowing it again. Mm. And I'm like, gosh, like, here we go, man. I start feeling sorry for myself. And then I get over the hill and um, I'm on the flats and, you know, running past Boston College and all of this. And John Bazell comes up behind me, mile 23. And, you know, he's, I won't say the cuss, well, I'll just, I'll just say the first letter, you know. He, or, he, you know, he's like, come the F on, Chris. Like, get on my hip, man. And I'm just like, dude, John, I got nothing. This episode of Life in Stride is brought to you by Mason Construction in Crestwood, Kentucky, building in all the premier neighborhoods in the Louisville area. Mason Construction has a deep list of talented tradesmen who build quickly but don't sacrifice quality. Mason has been building for over 30 years custom homes and has an incredible track record of service and reliability. Mason Construction can build you your dream home. What do you want in your dream home? Let's picture your kitchen. How about a giant island that you can sit all your kids and family around during major holidays? A white quartz top and white barber cabinets handcrafted, a farmhouse sink, and stainless steel GE appliances. And how about an oak floor? Beautiful. The list goes on, and you can have it all in your dream home, built by Mason Construction. Call Adair today at the front desk at 502-241-6588 to get a tour of your forever home by Mason Construction today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Chessy Chess, a.k.a. Salt Zaddy, uh, talking to you live from Life in Stride, a.k.a. This is delayed probably by a couple days, based on our release schedule. We are going to continue this episode with part two of the Street Grind, Street Grand story, talking post-college. Also with us on the line, we've got Danny Tech Zaddy Perkins, um, also the first man of Prez. And then Scotty screams scarce as well. We uh, before we get in, we're really thankful um, again for the continued positivity reviews that you provide us. You know, either via common Spotify or on YouTube or Strava or directly into our messages. We truly are grateful. That's why the show is starting to get sponsored, and we have some exciting you know, sponsorship announcements in the future as well that we're ex- eager to share with you. But for those uh, who, who are actively listening, we want to keep spreading the word. So if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, um, rate and review us in Spotify or Apple. And that's easy to do. If you don't know how to do it, just Google it or message one of us. We'll teach you how to do it. And um, also, on top of Spotify and Apple, where our podcasts are, we've got a YouTube channel. we got some fun YouTube shorts already up. The content will keep getting pumped. Um, so feel free to, to like and share those. And then for those who really enjoy the written word, Mr. Daniel Perkins, the second, not the fourth, has uh, spearheaded our newsletter initiative. We've already got uh, quite a few people signed up for the newsletter. So we're going to give you um, one thought, uh, one link, and one image. Is that right, Danny? Um, each That's week. right, Justin. That's right. Nailed so, it. Nailed it. Crushed it. Nailed All right. We're, we're on a roll. The boys are vibing so hard right now. I wish everyone could see the video here because it is top-notch content, YouTube short-worthy content. Um, but before we get into this episode regarding Streeg, we've got a listener question. So I'm going to pass the hot mic to Danny. Yeah, so Pat from Chicago asks, 
what Grateful Dead live album do we prefer to listen to during long runs? I don't think any of us listen to Grateful Dead. So <laughs> let's just answer what music we like to listen to by genre. Scotty, you first. 10 seconds. House pop, dance pop. Straight next. Uh, Hip hop rap. Cheston. Just wedding party favorites. Next question. Do you all listen to Grateful Dead? I don't know who it is. Could you name a song? No. Uh, Do you have a Grateful Dead song? I can't name a song. I'm sure. I'm sure there's Friend of the Devil, I think, is one that's come up. Um, I don't know. Justin's looking at his other. Justin's looking at his other screen. He's cheating. Oh yeah, no, I'm for Justin's sure googling it. I'm definitely googling Grateful cheating. Dead songs. This is being so fun one. fact about fun fact about uh, Grateful Dead is that they tour with John Mayer as Dead and Company, and oh, they're okay. yeah not Grateful Dead. And well, uh, now yeah. I want to listen to them. He's yeah, they're good. I saw him in San Francisco at the new Warriors Arena. They're they're really good. Say what um, you need to say. Say what you need to say. That's that's the song you choose. John, it's John Mayer's song. It's John Mayer's song. But that's the one. I, I what your body is a wonderland. It's good advice. Well, that's a fact yeah. for Striegel. But what's your favorite song, Scotty? Of John Mayer? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of any. Is that say what you need to say. That's fine. That's a good one. Right. words with the pod. Honored with the pod. Also want to give a special <laughs> shout out to avid listener Groove Child. We appreciate Groove your feedback. Child. Groove On Child. Spotify. Love you. Yes. Love you. Mean it. Thank you so much for some of the content suggestions. Um, don't worry. Uh, they are coming. So appreciate the topics. So they're on the roadmap for sure. So we transition. For those who haven't listened to part one, there is a part one to the Striegel story. It's so epic uh, because of his all-American status in college that we broke this up into two episodes. Said another way, Danny, Scotty, and I have boring uh, stories cut when it comes to running in high school and college since we're late to the game. Striegel, on the other hand, again, all freaking American. Let's go. Still has records in his name. Uh, the medals last forever. The records do not. Sorry, Striegel. Um, but here we are transitioning to post-college. I asked him last time where his mindset was at the end of the episode with running was he burnt out was he was he not how is he feeling it and i think striegel you're starting to say you're getting into southern indiana you're starting to do post-grad work there and you're missing teammates and we're wishing you had a team but you're still running so why don't you pick it up from there yeah so i went to university of southern indiana to do my master's in health administration um and this was kind of a um it was a controversial pick for grad school because if most people probably aren't in tuned with the D2 school rivalries, but um, University of Southern Indiana is actually Bellarmine's rival. So um, it was a, and they're in our conference too. So this was a really hot pick in terms of going somewhere else after Bellarmine. What ended up happening was I, I go to USI and I don't want to go to school anymore. I just don't feel like going to class anymore and I only had track left so I didn't have any cross-country eligibility and I kept getting hurt so I was like and honestly I didn't like living in Evansville so I was like all right I'm dropping out of grad school I'm moving home and I'm gonna apply for a job so I go home back to Louisville 
I'm with my parents looking for a job for a few months. I get my current job um, that I still have. And while I'm looking for work, I'm, I'm still running some, um, not at the under plus mile week level, but I ended up going back to um, a coach who finished my college career at Bellarmine. His name was Dave Long. He still coaches um, some local runners around here. And I, I worked with him for a bit when I got back home. Um, and my first race post-collegially. So I, I dropped out of grad school in, um, it was 2018. And then in 2019 um, I, is when I started racing on the roads. So uh, the first race I did was the KDF. Or, well, I did the Triple Crown first, and I was probably running 75 to 80 miles a week at this point in time. I did okay at the Triple Crown. Uh, 15 mid in the 5k I believe I was 31 30 in the 10k and then uh, the 10 miler I ran like around 55 minutes and then so I ran KDF half I actually had the flu uh, for this race and I still decided to go because it was fairly mild and I ran an hour 11 Ooh, uh, this is in 2019 <laughs> And unfortunately, having the flu. Michael Jordan flu game over here. I was, I was about to say the same thing, Michael Jordan. Watch out! I I think for that race, you know, I I went to uh, the Kroger, whatever their treatment places to little clinic. Yeah, little clinic to get a flu test. Confirmed, I got the flu test. This is the night before the race, and she was like, "Yeah, you have the flu." And I was like, "So I should run a half marathon tomorrow?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> So I, I leave that appointment. I run four miles, and I'm like, and I did these strides, and I was like, I don't feel that bad. So I showed up the next morning, and I ran the race hour eleven. Um, I was fine with it. Sam Meredith actually beat me that day. He was in great shape, and um, so yeah. Then I signed up for Grandma's Marathon. That was going to be my first marathon, June 2019, and I tweaked my hammy maybe a month out. And I decided to not do it. And honestly, I probably could have done it. But this was around the time when I started getting maybe not so motivated. And then key point in my running career is I'm freshly new working at the Rawlings Company. And I meet Chris Sensenbrenner there. And he's been working there for a while. And... Even today, I ran with him today. We run together almost every day at work. So I start training with him summer 2019 every day at work. And this really boosted my motivation back uh, for the time being. I run, and then he's like, okay, I'm running the Indy full 2019. So I was like, okay, I'll train with you. We'll do Indy. And training goes great. Our goal is to run sub 230, my first marathon. And we show up to Indy 2019, and I go out. Yeah, and keep in mind, I did not respect the marathon at all going into this race. I didn't. I was like, I don't have to do gels. Like, I don't have to get water at every stop. Like, all all of this stuff. Can so, we sidebar for a second? Of course. What does it mean, in your opinion, to respect the marathon? Ooh, good question, Good question, Danny. You need to you need to go into it with a solid fueling game plan, pacing game plan, and with solid training. 
and I had to saw the, tra- the, the training wasn't great. The fuel plan was horrible. And well, and what honestly, the fuel plan. Uh, I think I took like two gels. Oh, uh, and that and that was it. I didn't like, you know. Now I will, I'll do sodium before the race. Uh, I'll make sure I'm carbo loading more before the race. I get water at every stop. Um, you know, just a swig. I'm not drinking a whole contain, you know, whole cup of water. But yeah, I, you know, and I, honestly, like pace wise, it was, you know, I'm like, I, I'm th- I'm thinking I'm still like a hot shot from Bellarmine, like oh marathon whatever like i can run 220 something hold hold on chris can we continue the sidebar real quick i want to go yeah. back to you not re- you disrespecting the marathon scotty what does respecting <laughs> the marathon mean to you anything you dad let's hear it um i would say on a serious note going in with humility um and not having i don't know respecting your goal which in turn is respecting the marathon. Like if you say you're going to go out at 620 pace, go out at 620 pace because it always turns out that you like end up going 610 pace and you're like 15 miles later, you're like, oh, I can do this. And then nine times out of 10, that's when you bonk. I agree. It's a mindset thing. I think it starts in your training. I think when you go into your Wednesday workout and it's a tempo and you're on tired legs, you need to realize that, hey, I might not make my paces, but this is what it'll feel like in the late miles of the race. So this is going to be as important as ever. Mm-hmm. I also think that you need to plan your work and work your plan. Maybe go a little slower, progress into your goal pace, and hang on and be patient. Yeah. One thing I'd add, this all great, I'd, I'd add, as time goes on too, like keep respecting the marathon. I think the more reps you do, like there's a temptation of, Oh, I've got it figured out. I've got to figure it out. And that's not the case. Each marathon is its own journey. And, and don't assume because you had two, three great ones that this one will be a great one. Houston was a perfect example of that for me. I was like just cocky enough and just confident enough in myself that I just, blew my own plan that we talked about on the podcast i didn't even follow it i talked about this with chester this morning and i was just like i'll be fine i don't bonk and then it just i did hard all right sidebar over back to streak back to you streak two gels was the fueling plan bad choice and we'll learn like even after this race i still didn't learn to respect the marathon for a long time so anyway, I show up to Indy and I'm planning on running with Christian throughout the race and I don't even find the mile one. We don't run a step together this race. <laughs> and so I'm feeling good. I find Adam Tagami, local Louisville runner, uh, I guess he lives in Indiana. And I know him because he helped coach Bellarmine for a bit when I was there. He was, he'd show up to practice time us, run with us. And he was trying to go for sub 230 at this race. So I'm like, okay, great. So we had this good group. We go through half and like 114 mid and like 114.30. And I'm like, okay, like I feel pretty good. And then, you know, 17, 18, 19. Okay. 
don't feel as good. And then, you know, we get to 21, 22. I'm starting to bonk at this point. And I remember the last couple miles, it's it's kind of like a straight shot in Indy. And then you take that last turn to the finish. And I remember this distinctly because I ran it um, recently. And I'm doing walk a block, run a block at this point. So like I'll, I like see the next street sign. Okay, I'm going to walk to here. Okay, now I'm going to run. So this is the last few miles of the race. And so my second half was hour 23, which isn't the worst bonk ever, but my last like three miles were like 830 pace. So I lost a lot of time. I, you know, at like 22, 23, I'm still on 234 pace, right? Or 233 pace even. And then it becomes 237, which I'm not going to complain. Like I'm, that's a solid marathon debut, obviously, but it, I was disappointed after the race because it was eight minutes slower than I was planning on running. And so, you know, I'm at that point, I'm pretty dejected. And then, you know, COVID comes around 2020 shortly after this. So, um, I believe after Indy triple crown comes around 2020, the 5k happens and then it gets canceled. The rest of it gets canceled. It's at this point in time, I was like, lost all motivation, mm. train, run, um, my mileage. I mean, there were some weeks I didn't even run. I was like on the bike doing Zwift. Um, I bought a road bike, was doing that. And I, I really didn't train at all through COVID. But then uh, Boston rolls around and... This is, I believe, I'm not sure. Do you guys remember, did Boston happen in 2020 or did it come back in 2021? I think it was 21. It was 21. So 2020, okay. they did a fall virtual marathon, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I think in 21, they moved it to October. Yeah. So yeah, 2020, they did a fall virtual. 21, It was that was the October one and the staggered start. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, if you guys remember, Mike and uh, Danny and those guys set up a, like, kind of uh, their own version of the Triple Crown. Do you, do you guys remember this during COVID? Oh, yeah. Definitely so, remember. I did that, but with no fitness. I ran, like, way off any times I've run before, and within the last several years of these races. And at that point, I was like, yeah, whatever. And but then I learn, okay, my indie time from nineteen qualifies for Boston twenty one still. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm gonna go around Boston. So I, I mean, I did a half ass training for Boston, and in my head, I'm like, uh, my PR is six minute pace. Like I can run six minute pace all day. Like I I can just run sixty miles a week. And do a couple runs over 20 miles, and I can run sub 237 in Boston. I All I want is a PR, like whatever, and I'll be happy. So me and Ashley, we go up to Boston, and this is October, which was really cool because the course was, you know, it's fall, which, you know, 
Boston's always in the spring. So it was a really cool environment uh, with, you know, the leaves uh, changing colors and stuff. Really just pretty coarse. And so I get there and I go out on pace. Like I say, you know, you got the downhills um, and then the flat kind of through the middle and then you hit the hills. Through halfway, I'm good. I'm like 118 mid, something like that, right on six minute pace. And then the Newton Hills start, and I start eating it. Like, I mean, just, I I mean, I think I ran like 640 up heartbreak, but I mean, it, it wasn't as ugly as Indy the last half of this race, like in terms of walking, but... I went 118, and then, like, 128 was the second half. So, Ooh, wait. Yeah, that adds up to... It was 246. That adds up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the last 10K was, like, 730 average, something like that. And, it, again, failure to pro- properly fuel, um, failure to prepare. And I was still, I was still pumped because, like, you're always pumped when you finish Boston, like crowds electric, whatever. But yeah, on the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, just a few years ago, I was like smashing things at Bellarmine, you know? Mm. And like, now I'm like, okay with this, like just half-ass effort, you know? And, you know, it's like around Boston's great, but like, you know, what are you doing? You know? What at, at Boston, did you, did you hang out with anyone? I mean, I knew you mentioned Corp and Danny. You were you did the Triple Crown, but you, it was just you and Ashley solo? No, yeah. I, I really hadn't... Uh, I, I knew who Mike was at that point, but I, I hadn't really hung out with any of the uh, Corp Edge group or, or guys to that point. So, now me and Ashley got dinner. They had dinner at our hotel, and honestly, the hotel was a bit far from uh, the start line, so... Uh, we weren't really close to anybody, and none of my like close buddies went that year. Like, um, you know, Thomas didn't go. He he went the following year, and um, so yeah, I was just I just hung out with Ashley the whole time. So, uh, which was you know obviously still fine. I'd never been to Boston, so, um, but you you think after this race, the response would be, all right, I'm gonna kick it into gear, and have a great next marathon. So after processing my 246 of Boston, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come back in six months to run it again. So it happens normal date, April, 2022. And this time I thought I trained a little better. And I guess I did because well, honestly, it still wasn't compared to what I just did for my indie block. It wasn't great. I again, you know, 60, 70 ish mile weeks and probably a few more focus on longer runs, but it, it still wasn't what you, it, I wasn't respecting the marathon still. So I, I go, and it's a bit of a different situation because it's not as COVID restricted this time around. So um, I, I I did know Mike a little better this time around at the race. So I'm like texting with him. I saw him at the expo or something, and he was like, "Oh, like 
we got to wait at the start line for like three hours, like the bus, because COVID year, they didn't want everyone congregating before the start. Oh, so they just like dropped that. us off and we started. That's right. Yeah. So, so next year rolls around or six months later and it's, it's fairly cold in the morning. I didn't bring any clothes like to put on nothing. And Mike hooked me up. He had an extra pair of like baggy jeans and a hoodie he got from Goodwill or something. Fun, fun fact. This is where Striegel and I first met. No way. Yeah. 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 I, we, we, it was in the, the basement of, uh, the the ground hotel. floor of the hotel, yeah, yeah, and uh, I I think my mom and Ashley were with me, and yeah, so yeah, because so Cheston was there at the clothes exchange, and so yeah, we go to the um, start. Mike saves me because it, it was fairly chilly, and yeah, take clothes off, go to the start line, and at this point too, I'm meeting John Bazell and. Ilya Jalali, they're both runners from Louisville, really good masters runners. And so they're like, okay, we're trying to run 245-ish is kind of what they said. So they actually ended up, I actually ended up going, I, and that, I kind of lowered my expectations for Boston this time around because I knew Boston is not an easy course. Like it's, you know, your legs get sore on the downhills and then on the uphills, it's it's tough. So I'm like, I just want to break 240 at Boston and like, I'll have my peace, I'll have my vengeance on this course and then I just can like not come back for a while. And so I actually went through halfway with Ilya and um, John and we we went through in like hour 20. I mean, they were, so they were, they were rolling pretty fast. And then... We get through halfway and I leave them. I'm like, ah, I'm feeling good. I'm going to run some <laughs> six flats. And, you know, heartbreak hill rolls around and I start blowing it again. Hmm. And I'm like, gosh, like, here we go, man. Start feeling sorry for myself. And then I get over the hill and um, I'm on the flats and, you know, running past Boston College and all of this. And, John Bazell comes up behind me, mile 23. And, you know, he's, I won't say the cuss. Well, I'll just, I'll just say the first letter, you know, he, or, he, you know, he's like, come the F on, Chris. Like, get on my head, man. And I'm just like, dude, John, I got nothing. And my warm up race for this was a race in Louisville's at 30K. And John got second to me, but, I mean, you know, it's it's funny. The marathon is the ultimate equalizer, right? Like, you know, and this is zero disrespect to John. He's an amazing athlete. But like me and John, like maybe in a half or like a 10K, a 5K, you know, it's, he, you know, I, I'm, I'm usually like decently ahead, right? Yeah. But then in the marathon, dude, this guy is just a ox. Like he's so strong yes he just flies past me he runs like i don't know what he ran like 244 three something like that and i mean it's it's crazy and yulia passed me too and uh yeah i ran 247 a minute slower than the year than six months before oh okay yeah once again didn't respect it and double whammy i mean that day 
you know, at least what people were telling me for my first boss, I said, this is the best weather we've had. I mean, ever in Boston, people, people were setting this up to be, you know, a record day. So everyone was feeling pretty good. I don't know if you were a streak, but everyone was like, oh, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, the, oh, I mean, by the time race started, it was, yeah, it was a perfect day. It wasn't windy. Um, it was, it, it, it was a beautiful day. And I mean, again, I would attribute my failure to fueling, failure to prepare. Uh, and after this one, I was like, you know, I'm sore. I'm, I'm tired because I just ran a marathon, but I'm in the hotel and I'm like, I don't deserve to, you know, have a nice dinner. I don't deserve to take a shower. Like, I don't deserve <laughs> to be sore. Like, this was, you know, for my like standard I've set for myself in my previous running history, I'm just like, you know, like, this is just, I, w- I was mad after this, you know, like the previous year I was like, oh, the Boston, that was fun. But at this point I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just like disappointed that I didn't prepare well and all this. We went to a nice dinner anyway, but good. <laughs> well, and for context for, for the listeners, cause I know some people are listening like, dude, you, you ran a 248, you, Boy, you yeah. ran a 236. I mean, when you run a 111, I, what the predictor on that's like is like 229, on yeah. on a marathon and so just i mean because we've all had not to say the same times as chris some some of the listeners maybe but most of us we haven't had the times of chris we've all been there where you have the predictor and you're you're thinking to yourself oh for sure i'm gonna get this time so just want to provide context for listeners who maybe aren't in that range of what chris is feeling yeah i, I yeah you, you're right i i just i set certain expectations just knowing our previous running history and I know Boston's a tough course, but after running 246 and then 247, disappointed for sure. I mean, I, I had long runs in college. I'd run 620 pace for 20, 22 miles, <laughs> no problem. But now just this failure to prepare just a few years later, and I I, I don't know. It was, it was disappointing. So, it, and it's still even after this, it kind of took me time to start i mean even really until recently and thought started running with you guys i i feel like i probably didn't really like start respecting the marathon as much as i should have so, so, yeah. i was gonna say so after boston 22 you did indy 22 right i've got a race result up here i think for yeah so and that that was my first dnf oh you so, did dnf okay when i was there yeah what happened was so that Boston was spring 22 and then I'm like okay I'm gonna run Indy and turn things around we're gonna run a flat course so I run a couple weeks before I did the urban bourbon half in Louisville and I believe I ran an hour 12 low at that race um which I was happy with um I put some more training in before this indie race. I would say 75, even 80 before this race. I was coaching myself at this point too, by the way. Um, Dave, me and Dave weren't working together, even going into that first Boston. Really when COVID hit, I quit following the schedule and we kind of just naturally split. There was no beef or anything. He's a great coach and he, he still coaches some good guys in Louisville. But... um I just didn't want to waste his time anymore since I was being lazy boy. Um, 
so yeah, I did good at the urban bourbon half, and I was like, okay, like I uh, think I can go for low two thirty or at least a PR in Indy, right? And I think I went a little too hard for a race two weeks out before a marathon. I should have either a done a half like three weeks to a month out is more ideal, or b just yes. one, or just ran the race at my marathon pace, like just felt out. I'm going to yeah. go halfway through this marathon. That is not an easy half, by the way. N- no. It will. So the old course went through Cherokee Park. The one that I ran, it starts downtown, and then it goes over the walking bridge. You do a block in Indiana, literally a block, and then oh, you yeah. back up the walking bridge, and then you run into, like, Butcher Town area. But you don't hit the hills in Cherokee. And a funny thing about that year actually the markers on the course were horrible and the lead bikers didn't know where they were going so the top two guys ended up going off course and they were way ahead of everybody and then me and dave griechbauer local runner in uh louisville or however you pronounce the last name dave griechshaver griechshaver i always say lightsaber dave lightsaber Shout out to Dave if you're listening. Um, so, you know, the again, the guys in the first and second, they would have won the race. There's no doubt about it. Mike Darren was going to run 106, his pace. So the course is messed up. I end up, you know, my watch says like 13 point. You know, it, it says the right amount when I get to the finish. That's all I care about. You know, it's not like I'm running the world championships at the Urban Bourbon half. Yeah, whatever. I got, I got the bigger fish to fry in two weeks. And so Dave ends up getting the win because the other guys got disqualified because they ran they only ran like 11 miles and uh and so i i ended up getting second i got a prize sent to me in the mail so i was like well that worked out well for me um <laughs> so that was a short tangent so anyway i go to indy and i start the race i i already don't feel good at 10k and then it's obvious that well I had a little like sinus infection or something too. And then my legs were just still zapped from this half and I get to halfway. My pace is fine. I was like 116 or now I was like 117. I was like a bit under PR pace. And then I get to 19 and starting to get ugly. I'm running eight minute pace already at 19 and I'm in my heart rate's sky high. And I'm like, dude, it's just not my day. So I dropped out. I dropped out of Indy. Oh. And I had, I had the energy to finish the race at eight minute pace, fine, but I was just mad. I was like, man, mm. and mm. I, I felt bad because like, or just you know, I, I passed like eighteen, nineteen, and like Mike Corfidge is there, some other Corfidge people are cheering, and I'm like, man, like these guys are just seeing me like absolutely dog this race. Um, and I end up dropping out around 2021. And the bad thing about that is the place where I drop out is about the distance to the finish line. (laughs) Um, and you know, so I'm like putting the back start function on my watch and, uh, I end up like walk jogging back to the start line. But I wasn't on the course, but I'm just like running on like random streets in Indy with like my bib and like 
stuff on. It was it was like the most depressing thing ever. In, in and, hindsight, do you regret doing that? Like, would you have knowing what you know now? You just said finish, Chris. Yeah, I would. I would have finished the race. Um, there's no doubt about it. And you know, it, it may have been like around three hours, fine. But just finishing the race, like having it on the board, would have been better than just completely dropping out. Um, and like I ended up running like 24 and a half miles still. So it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, and the bad part of that was, you know, Ashley's like waiting for me and she's like concerned, like, where are you? Like your pace, you know, you should have been past this next marker by now. So I like find a random guy on the road and I'm like, Hey, can I call my wife? I dropped out of the race. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I don't, and I didn't remember Ashley's number. I didn't have it memorized, <laughs> my own wife. So I called my dad, I called my dad and had, I was like, hey, can you call Ashley for me? And Ashley was like, you know, you know that. So now I know her phone number because of that. Cause she was like, are you serious? I had the exact same situation happen to me in a different scenario, but Alex like memorized my number and I made a song to it. Keep going. Tell the listener, <laughs> you can tell the listener, sing the song for the listener. Yeah, so, no. and so all the Lindells know your wife's phone number. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I dropped out of Indy. Disappointing. And then I actually ended up having a good bounce back from that race. I still had some okay fitness. I ran a Thanksgiving run, five-miler. And running good at that race kind of... I was like, okay, like I still have something in the tank. I ran like 26, 20 for five miles. It's like 510, 515 pace, something like that. And I was happy with that. I was like, yeah, like, okay. Um, I Maybe I did have some shape for the marathon and I just, you know, things just didn't work out. So that's Indy 22. And then I get a little more serious when we start rolling into spring of 23 so this past year and i sign up my buddy thomas cave who spoiler alert you might be a future guest on this podcast if you're thomas cave fans uh, so he texts me and he's like yo let's run the kdf marathon together let's try to run like sub 235 and I was like, oh, man, get to run a marathon with one of my best buds. We're going to run together. This is great. And in classic, I won't say classic Thomas fashion, but maybe he's done this to me a time or two before. And he's a good marathoner. He's running 232. So, like, I believed if he trained, he could get in that kind of shape. Um, He, he was like, ah, I'm not running. And, I mean, he, this is like a month out maybe. But he, like, signed up. He sent me the screenshot which like made me want to sign up. So I'm like, all right, I'm running the KDF bull. And, you know, some years the race is won in two hours, 50 minutes. Some years it's won in like 220. You just never know what's going to happen at the KDF bull. It's just a mixed bag. So I get to the start line. And of course, like all my homies are there. I met Scotty at the start line. First time in person. It was destiny. Our eyes I locked and then, my life changed forever. I think I might have given you a hug. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. I remember. I haven't showered since. 
<laughs> and and uh, so, you know, all my buddies are there. I'm dapping everyone up. What's up? How's it going? Let's go. And I'm, you know, and I'm de- you're doing the classic thing at a race. Hey, like, you run the half or full. You run in the half or full. You run in the half or full. And everyone's like, half, 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 half. I'm like, of course you are. That's the logical thing to do <laughs> at this race. So, you know, luckily I have the deep back rolling with me through the half because the first half of the marathon is the same as, as the, as the full. So we get to that point and everyone turns, they go to the finish. They're like, Oh sick. I just finished the half. And I go straight towards Indiana. I'm about to cross the walking bridge and there is nobody, there's nobody in sight in front of me or behind me. And I'm like, this is horrible. (laughs) And I, so I went through the half in like 116, which was, I was happy with. Get over the walking bridge and thank goodness I catch up to Dave Greasehaber, pronounced correctly. And me and Dave run together for like seven, eight miles. So it actually ended up working out well. The bad thing about the KDF pool, and I've complained about this on another episode probably, so I complain about this a lot. The first half is great. There's crowd support, other people to run with. And then you get to that second half in Indiana, there's nobody over there. And there's a couple fuel stations, whatever. And granted, it is flat over there, fine. But it's just an out and back in Indiana on this like section with no crowd or anything. So you really got to like be good at solo pushing yourself. And luckily that day... And, you know, me and Dave, we kind of split up around 22, 20, 23, maybe. I went ahead. I was like, just keep it under 605. So I ended up pushing myself pretty well that day. I think my worst mile was like 614, 612. And I get over the bridge and I'm like, all right, mile to go, 25.2. And then 26.2.3 passes. And I'm like, I feel like, Pace-wise, the way my watch has been, you know, dinging this whole race, all my splits, I probably ran 233 or 34, right? But here I am with like a half mile to go, and it, I, I, you know, we're not finished. Like, or the the finish line is not where it should be. (laughs) And like, you know, I I run, so my PR going into this is still, if you're keeping track, if you're still listening to this boring saga of my marathon career, in 2019, I run 237 to Indy. That is still my PR in April 23. And so I'm watching my watch tick by 233, 234, 235. And I'm like, all right, I don't know if this is long or my watch was just messed up, but I need to PR today. So I like round the turn finally. I'm like at 23630 and I just like book it and I get like 236.58, something like that, like barely under 237. And I'm like, all right, I PR'd by like 30 seconds. Like, great. And, you know, granted, like after the race, we hear it was long and all of that. Long by a third of a mile at least. Yeah, so. Or not, if not more, half. Yeah, yeah so uh, di- dis- disappointing that it was long, but still that kind of, that was the best marathon performance 
I'd ever had, not only because it was a PR, because I properly fueled. I took like six or seven morning gels during the race. I hydrated well. I ran smart pace and I prepared better than I had before for, for any other marathon. I didn't bonk. Like I said, my worst mile was like 614 and it had a big hill in it. So it was a consistent race. And I finally, and this is just this past year, it's not even a year ago, I finally have a good taste in my mouth about the marathon. So, and then after this, this is where these guys come in. I didn't even know these guys really at this point. Dude, my, hold, hold on. I want to, so first of all, it's Marathon 5. You finally get uh, a decent one, right? That was your fifth marathon? Well, I, I guess, depending, fourth you finished, fifth attempt. Four, four and three quarters. Okay, four and three quarters. Dude, before we before we uh, ended up running together, I remember Scotty texting me the next day or something and was saying, oh yeah, Striegel wants to run with us or, or I think we can get Striegel to run with us. I forget what it was. And I think I talked to him at the start line and I, I was, I, I think we followed each other on Strava and I was like, dude, we should run together. He was like, for sure, man. Yeah, we were, we were like, let's look dumb, bro. I was, I was telling, Sc- I was telling Scotty, kind of like on when I mentioned in my episode, like, oh man, I want to run with Corfedge. You know, that would be so awesome. I thought to myself and Scotty, like, dude, we've made it. Striegel wants to run with us. This is epic. He's certified. Yeah, and actually, uh, we, I mean, so you guys ran Carmel in the spring. Yep. I think that was after KDF. Yeah, that's right. And so you guys are, or, no, it was before, it's right, right before. Yeah. Okay. Cause I remember maybe Scotty paced somebody in that race and he was <laughs> Ben Voss. Yeah, that's right. I, I, and I'm laughing cause I'm thinking of the video at KDF where <laughs> you, where you like, you're like finishing and you like split. <laughs> Eddie, leave it for my story. Okay. Okay, yeah. Let's just say Scotty had a controversial finish at KDF one year, and I'm not sure if it was this. It was this a seventy year old woman who yeah, was running a half marathon. He decked a woman uh, finishing the race, but so that wasn't that wasn't. She's okay. Was. She's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah life in stride is is not liable for any of her injuries. Um. So yeah, so I, I see Scotty at the race, and anyway, so after this block. I, two significant things happen after after KDF. One, I start training with these guys, and I actually met uh, Big Dan over here out on a run uh, from Scotty's house during this next marathon block uh, over the summer. We did a really tough, uh, it, or it was an easy run, but tough route, um, Mayo Lane. It's a notorious yeah, route. Yeah, I'm trying to think, Chris. I think that may have been our one and only run we gone together except for we did a 5k but you we did, definitely did not run together on that you dusted me i think you came in first <laughs> he won he won but it. streak and the guys are coming to st louis this summer we're going to do back-to-back 20 milers more on that soon so we're going to get a lot more miles together in buddy and smiles and smiles we're going to do live podcasts on both those runs yes and the electric there's gonna be a lot of there's an idea place. A lot of content. We're definitely bringing the GoPros. Let's see it. Yeah, we're bringing the GoPros. We're bringing the spouses. You know, they're bringing the kiddos. Don't have any myself, but 
you know, it's something's going to happen. It's going to be a crazy weekend. I, I have you ever seen the movie The Hangover or Project X? Like, <laughs> it's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but that. instead of alcohol, it's going to be Element and Ollie Pops and Shout alcohol. Out. <laughs> Speaking of, of what, <clears throat> what's a smart pace to do back to back twenty milers in six? That we just seven thirty to eight. Uh, I, I think we're going to ride the lightning, as my friend Kyle Brinks says. We're going to ride the lightning, see what happens. Let's ride the wave. do a progression on both of them. Okay. On the first one, let's do a forward progression, like 8.30 to 7 minute. And then on the second one, let's start at 7 minute and then slow down the whole run. To 16-minute pace. Yeah. We can walk. And, and end it with a beer mile. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Still coordinating. Or we get a deck of cards for one of the runs, and that deck dictates what solitaire. we do. Solitaire. No, D- that that card dictates what we do for that mile. So each of us oh. writes a card of what we do for that mile, and that's what we do when we pull the card. Are we gonna litter? No. Anyway, so you have back to carry the cards. Oh yeah, back to Chris. So two, funny. two things happen. Yeah, it's funny now that we're talking about drinking. Um, <laughs> That when I first started really talking to you guys, it was the day you finished Carmel and you guys are like drinking Margs and you're texting me like, oh, we just ran this race. It went great. You know, can't wait to run and stuff. But like you guys were a little tipsy. So it, it was like a funny conversation. Um, and then like, I don't know, it was probably a couple of weeks later. I, I ran with you guys in the morning uh, from Cheston's house uh, with uh, Jamie Halbritton and we put in a nasty uh summer together uh, we had a good summer block um so that that was the one thing that was that was the first big thing that happened was start running with the boys and then uh number two which is a very important part of the story too is that uh my one of my best buds thomas cave started coaching me and uh he you know has his coaching business thompson training with jacob and, uh, yeah, so I asked him to coach me and he was, he was excited. Um, I think, uh, he knows what he's doing, coaching marathons. And he introduced me to the double threshold. And so what that is for maybe listeners that aren't familiar with this idea is he would give me a workout in the morning. He would give me a workout in the afternoon on the same day on Wednesdays. So we would go, you know. 20 to 30 minutes of threshold effort, which was for me around 535 pace, something like that. And then in the afternoon, we would do the same thing, which was tiring and at first not easy on me physically, but I got used to it and I got in really good shape. And so we get into the Indy Marathon in really good shape. And I go through half in one fifteen thirty, and I came back with essentially what was a one fifteen flat, I believe, one fifteen ten, something like that. Scott, what was it, Scotty? Um, I don't know the paces. Uh, I was uh, I was shaking my head because it was just just a nasty race in okay. a good way. Yeah, I think um, I, I believe that's. 
around what it was. I, I think I ran like two thirty twenty nine or twenty eight was my official time. So it was five forty four pace. Gosh, it was so close. I was watching the clock. Yeah, I was so- like, cause I was like, cause watching it, and I was like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Yeah, my my goal going into that race was sub two thirty, and you know, whatever, like two thirty, twenty eight, twenty nine. I'm happy with it. Like I, I was, I was pumped. There's a six minute PR. You know, you don't get many of those in the marathon. Um, you got to take your wins when you get them. So, yeah, I ran two thirty, and I didn't block. I didn't bonk. Um, I had my worst miles, like six o. I don't even think it was over six minutes. It was like five fifty six, maybe. I don't think it was. Yeah, and that, and I had a hamstring cramp. I had to like punch out of my hammy that mile. So hmm. I was rolling five forties the whole race and felt strong, um, fueled perfectly, and uh, yeah, it was my best performance post-college by a long shot and so that kind of brings us to now it's february uh 2024 um i was going to run the triple crown this year and i was in good shape but i somehow got a bulge disc in my back and i'm now working out of that and back running but yeah i'll probably run the uh kdf half still which is like nine ten weeks away uh, so I got plenty of time to do that and try to run sub one ten and in the half, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my marathon career and running career post college. So hopefully, uh, that was moderately close to as exciting as my college stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, it's just, well, it's, I mean, really it's only been a few years. No, I mean it's it's added up actually in like four or five years of of marathoning, um, or coming up on on four or five years of marathoning. Yeah, you've you've had to deal with your own adversity and keep pushing through. I mean, again, a lot of people after your third or fourth attempt might have stopped. I, I was curious on the double thresholds you mentioned. It was tough at first, and you started getting used to them. How many weeks do you feel like it took for you to get used to the that that sensation of the double threshold? Um, I would say a month, four weeks. And it wasn't that the the purpose of those is not to finish the day on your hands and knees, just like wiped, but this, the sheer volume, because the pace, like the threshold pace is like, you know, right. You have a red line, like this is where you're pushing over the limit. This is where you start bonking. Threshold is like right below that right? Like it's right below the red line. Like you're toying with it. Um, and that, so that if you do it correctly, you aren't destroyed at the end of the day, but just the volume and time running at that pace in a single day, I was not used to. Hmm. So yeah, it took me about a month to get used to that. And it, it is time consuming because you're talking like, you know, an hour, 10 with warm up and cool down kind of in the morning and then like 45 to an hour in the afternoon they're talking like a, they're usually like 17 mile days on a wednesday you know keep in mind like we don't make a zillion dollars doing this podcast yet so i was working full time so a lot of the time i would run with these guys uh in the morning and then i'd go at lunch during work like five hours later and do the second one so we're talking like 17 miles double and like five or six hours and they're both workouts 
That's so nice. Another um, insight on Chris, we call him Streak Naps sometimes. And the, the double T's brought on some gnarly naps. This man will text us at like 9 p.m. and say, I'm going to take a nap. And then he'll wake up at like 11 and wake up for like two or three hours and then go to sleep. I'm like, why not just go to sleep? He's like, when, when, when we do an episode on recovery practices, we need a deep dive. We need a segment on napping and it's going to, we're going to start with Chris. He'll just lead it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, well, my naps are not, they're probably not good for everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like I do, I commonly actually thought about doing this tonight after we did this, but probably probably shouldn't yeah i'll sleep nine to eleven and then um i will wake up around one and do my stretching and core you know work that i do every night to like two and then i'll sleep a few more hours and you know six seven hours total and i feel fine but it's not the best way to go about it but it's my way and that's okay and that's okay that is a great point yep it is a good point chris Uh, i mean so, so really just playing back what, what you said for the audience, I mean, having a coach, you know, you're committed to all in with having the community homies to run with nearly every day, both at lunch and during the morning were game changers. Anything else you'd add in terms of you getting closer to hitting your goals? Between those two were the most critical things. I, honestly, you guys taught me about sodium. I I really didn't use sodium much ever before races, running anything, and I started hitting um, noon tablets um, before runs, after runs, and then before the race uh, specifically. So I think you know, in terms of like cramping and stuff, most marathons I get like. Before India, anyway, I, I would get cramps in my hammies and quads at some point and have to kind of just, like, punch them out, you know? And I, I got a small one at India, like I said, but I, I would attribute that largely to preparing with the uh, proper amount of sodium before the race. So that, that was an important thing, too, just perfecting the fueling, I would say. But no, ma- mainly the two things were just, you know, community, running with you guys, having the most fun I've had running in a long time. And then also just having a having a coach who was holding me accountable, and also just he was giving me the goods, man. He knew what he was doing, and uh, and it paid off. So, yeah, I, I can't see myself leaving Coach Thomas Cade anytime soon. Nice. Yeah. Well, I asked Justin this question this morning. I said, "How long do you think I would last if I ran by myself and had no community around me?" He joked and he said like one week, but it, the, the serious answer, by the way, is I think Scotty could do anything he puts his mind to and he would get through one training block, but I think it'd be really hard after that training block to want to do it again. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, Streak like is a perfect example. Like we've talked about community and on this podcast a lot, you know, you had the community at St. X and you thrived just thrived you know you had max mud and your homies at st x and um and then you went to bellerman or you went to uofl and it wasn't that way kind of you know not not what you thought it was going to be and then you transferred to bellerman 
and sky's the limit for you. Set five school records. You still have three. Um, just excelling. Um, and then, you know, hit a little bump in the road on that. And then you started like really getting consistent with your homies at work and you met all of us and stuff. Um, and now you are just like six minute PR, you know, it's just trajectory is, I mean, I'm scared for the marathons you're going to run in the future. Yeah. Chicago it's on getting buck wild. Yeah. If, if, I, if I'm Chicago, I'm real scared this year. The one day I would love to run a marathon. I, I was, actually, it's funny you say that, Scotty. Prediction for 2025, you guys go on a training block together. Same goal. Yeah, I think that's I think that's legitimate. I and think I, I think you both I think you both will be around the same goal early 25 if you want to be. We'll see. We'll see how this year goes. That would be great. That would be um Strieg is one of my one one person I really look up to in the running world. So, if if I could do that, I'd be stoked. I look up to you too, Scott. Thanks, Bill. I mean, literally, he's taller than both of us. Yeah, you're taller. Yeah, I'm, for the listeners, I'm 6'9", 130 pounds. I'm <laughs> like a... Wish from my dad. <laughs> um, no, I'm 6'1", six, six 180, very average guy. <laughs> the uh, what, One question I had for you after listening to your, the first episode again was how how does, now that you've got you know, close to running friends, people I'll make, what's the vibe comparison of running friends here post-college versus college, high school for those of us that didn't grow up in a, in a, in a team sport, but like within Corfez, there's obviously a strong culture, team culture. So how does it compare for you? I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying like differences. Certainly um, conversations are very different from uh, <laughs> high school or uh, college boys to, uh, <laughs> to now um we talk a lot about like family and you know spouses all positive about the spouses of course but yeah so i would say conversation and just like just like pure i mean now when we run it's it's all like positive vibes there's no but then i would say in college you know you, you still have some like inter-team like not everyone there's some drama going on in a on a college team sometimes you got you know just that kind of stuff going on just typical college stuff and yeah um you know yeah you're just talking about the typical i mean it, you're still a college kid like athlete or not so you're still you know talking about class that kind of stuff so yeah just purely conversation and um i, I think now it's like it just the positivity that that we have as a group uh when we run is a big difference like and just like meaningful conversations too i think like we i feel like open up with each other more than maybe i wouldn't in caught in college with uh some of the guys so yeah that that's one thing uh, maybe just the culture is just overall better than um that than a college team would be just everyone's mature and um we have a lot you know in common in terms of like full-time jobs and that kind of thing so i don't know maturity plays a big role in that for sure yeah yeah so i scotty what oh go ahead real quick before we're gonna do um one more question for you and then 
lightning round, your second lightning round. And then we're going to close out. But um, what what's next for you, Streak? We got Chicago. And then what what's after that? What's what's your long term goal? Um, yeah, I mean, long, long term goal is, I mean, ideally we run sub 230 is like, I mean, if I run 229 Chicago, fine. My A goal is like 225 to 27, probably try to chip off a few more minutes. And then once you're talking sub 230, naturally we still, I mean, the trial has just happened. So we got four years until the next one. Naturally, when you have a 220 something PB, you're thinking Olympic trials. So that is the, and I don't think that's going to happen even in 25. But by the time 28 rolls around, 2028, I think ideally if I just keep chopping two, three minutes off, that's a realistic goal. So yeah, that is the long term plan. I'm going full time marathoner. I'm still going to run the fun local races. I'm still going to try to defend my 4th of July 5k crown every single year. Um, I'll not throw... if I have something to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. I, uh, I would be happy if you beat me at that. Um, it was, it was fun running that with you this year. So yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, I'll still do smaller, you know, races around town and stuff, shorter races just cause they're fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Olympic trials. Love it. All right, Justin, I need a two-minute timer. Two-minute timer coming up in three, two, go. Can you freestyle raps? Absolutely not. Name 10 U.S. presidents. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hurry up. Lincoln, Washington, Obama, Bush, Bush, Trump, Biden, Hamilton, Taft. And oh man, I can't think of one. Nixon, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> salty, <laughs> salty or sweet, salty. Nick Bear or Ken Rideout? Oh, Ken Rideout. Yes. Will you ever run a hundred miler? Yeah, yeah. Western states. Cannonball into a pool or dive in? Cannonball. What is your biggest fear? Heights. What do you enjoy most about running? My buddies. Yeah. What is your best quality? My looks. <laughs> yes. Will you ever skydive with the homies? No, absolutely not. Never. All right. Never. We're going to drug him. We're, we'll drug him. Don't worry. What's your favorite running shoe? Uh, Sockney. What shoe do I run? Oh, the Triumph. What's your favorite body part? My ring finger. Love you, Ashley. <laughs> What's your like most that. commonly used emoji? Ooh, probably the the graph one that goes Ooh, up. Ooh, yeah. You do yeah, use that a lot. I use a lot. What will your marathon time be in 2025? 223.30. Nice. I was going to guess 223 for you. Wow. So one half. So what? Destiny. So Western states, you you would do going to trail running. Is that a oh, bucket yeah. list thing? Once you're done doing speed. Yeah, I mean, I would. Even We're all going to do that together. You know that, right? I was well, going to say, oh, God. 
and I mean, it, it's kind of hard to commit to doing something like that when you're like also wanting to think about Olympic trials. Um, but man, like what I, I, I watch Western States every year. Like I follow, I don't watch it, but like I follow a tracking on my phone. I love that race. You have to qualify for it. Um, you can't just sign up, but I love that race. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Talk about an ultimate bonk though, running hundred miles, but, um, one other race. And I know Scotty wants to do this one and I'm TMB Procorino. Uh, uh, well, UTMB would be awesome, and I think that's in France. But yeah, Cocodona two fifty, and but keep it keep in mind too, all of these races. Well, first, I would want to do it alone. I have to at least one of you guys deal with me, but I'd also want to run like every step with one of you guys, or yeah. or if we did it as a group, I wouldn't care about like like Time if it was twenty like, minute pace, just do it yeah, together. Like, That'd be so fun. I don't care about pace. Like, let's just like have a good time and like finish the distance. Yeah. Like, not to Walter. Well, I, I would say yes, but like at least have a belt buckle we're going after, you know, yeah, well, of together. course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just, but yeah. Minimize the risk of like blowing up and not finishing. Yeah. But, but also like, yeah, finish at a certain point. Yeah. Dude, we could probably get on the news if like one of one person got injured halfway and then we carried them 50 miles. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thought. I, I volunteer. On that tribute. note, <laughs> we're going to close out here. Thanks, Streak, for talking us through your story. Thanks for being authentic and being a little bit not humble because you're too humble sometimes. But we appreciate the the um, lack of humility here, even though you still are humble through it all. But regardless, um, I hope you all enjoyed his story. He's truly um one of a kind super talented guy and um yeah thank you all for listening it's this is a lot of fun we're enjoying it hope you're enjoying it if you have any questions feel free to drop us a question on spotify or apple Podcasts. i believe you can do it on both um and we will answer it live shout out nolan may yeah shout out nolan may um yeah Gave me some uh, advice to uh, help my uh, uh, disc issue in my back. So, Nolan, you are the man. You're the I man. told him I'd shout him out. Love you, Nolan. Peace. 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 Peace.